Welcome to the Vox Pop, a podcast of Missio Day Church. We believe everyone has a story worth telling, and this podcast gives voice to those stories. I'm Brian. And I'm Peter. We are your hosts. Welcome to the Vox Pop. Well, summer is here. It sure is. Do you have any plans? We have zero plans at the moment. Unfortunately, we are trying desperately to uh, to get to the beach at some point, mm-hmm. but of course... Sophie and I were supposed to be part of the Tanzania mission trip that got canceled due mm. to COVID-19. So mm-hmm. uh, at the moment, we don't have anything going on. And I found out last week uh, that a trip that Christina and I had planned to Arizona for our church planning network also got canceled. Mm. So we have basically nothing going on all summer. Yeah. Hopefully we'll find something to do. Yeah. How, about, how about you guys? We are planning on heading out to Wyoming for a short while. You will double the population of Wyoming. <laughs> yeah, us and the badgers and the wild horses <laughs> and the gravel. The gravel. <laughs> a lot of gravel in Wyoming. There is apparently. a lot of gravel in Wyoming. The Rocky Mountains take a break in what's called the Great Basin and uh, in the middle. There's no more mountains. There's nothing. Just water, gravel. Yeah, water just falls and doesn't go to either coast. just sits there and evaporates. Wyoming, as... Uh, Don Steed likes to point out is a widely hated state, but it is a beautiful, is terrible, it? beautiful sandwich. The middle part of Wyoming is really rough. And then the top and the bottom are spectacularly gorgeous. I wonder if it's widely hated or if it's just hated a lot by Don. <laughs> we love you, Don. Yeah. All right. Well, we are joined today by some of my favorite people in the world. Oh, my. Jeremy and Brenda Brown, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, great to be here, Brian and Peter. What have y'all been up to for eight weeks? Well, for me, it's been a little bit different um, because three weeks then into uh, this lockdown, I resigned from my coaching job. And Mm. so I've been out of work for, I guess now that would make five. I'm not a math major. So uh, it's not been a typical situation where I'm zoomed out. You know, it's been difficult because I'm an extrovert and love the interaction with people. And Mm -hmm. uh, my only interaction has been mostly with my husband, Jeremy, who's with us. So uh, I've been cooking a little bit more time to uh, reflect and uh, just get ready for the next step that that we're approaching. So it's been a gift, but I will I will say it's been a little bit difficult because I'm much more used to doing things mm-hmm. uh, than just being. So it, it's taken a little while for the RPMs to come down for me. Oh yeah, a lot yeah. of people are baking during this time. Are you baking or just cooking? What are you I, cooking? I am not a good baker. Cooking. I have tried a few things at lasagna, hey. which is, I would say, complicated. There's yeah. more than two yeah, steps in like that process. Eight out of ten complicated. And uh, <laughs> and then another recipe that is a family favorite, chicken broccoli casserole. So hey. that also requires about three to five steps. That's yeah. about my max right now. But uh, but it's it's been very different for me. And um, I've had trouble actually not feeling guilty. I mean, this has really been a yeah. gift. Oh, yeah for me. And I'm very aware that it's, it's been a very, very much a struggle for a lot of people, um, in terms of, of work and just dealing with kids at home and educating kids. Mm -hmm. And, but realizing this really is, you know, for me, uh, been a gift and, and, uh, trying to cherish that and take advantage of that rather than feel that I should be, you know, Mm -hmm. doing something more about this. I think we all have inherited like a Puritan work ethic where like we have to be using every moment. Like we don't want to be caught like lying down Mm. and it's busy, busy, busy. Yeah, we all, I think when this started, we're like, I'm going to finish all these things I started, but fail to realize that life is still happening and like, why would we all of a sudden become more productive in one of the most stressful things that our country has gone through or the world has gone through in hundred years. Jeremy, what have you been up to during this time? Yeah. So I was going to say that for me, not a lot has changed actually because I am a teacher. So the semester kept going. So I also was designated as a mandatory employee. So we, we went back and forth. Essential. Look at you how essential, essential you are. Essential or man- mandatory. No, actually that was a real blessing because not because I would be away from Brenda, but because mm-hmm. it just really helps to go sit in your office at least that's like 
now I know I'm supposed to do work in here. Mm-hmm. And it honestly just kept a normalcy for trying to teach students and be there because now I'm kind of used to that environment, except for the fact that I'm the only person in the building. But other yeah. than that, it was a really helpful, The not a lot of change for me, except just really missing that interaction with students because they're not actually in the classroom. Yeah. yeah. They are on a TV or excuse me, like computer monitor in front of your face, but don't let Brenda fool you. She's a very good cook. She's really <laughs> awesome at that. That's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> may or may not be true, but it's sweet nonetheless. Yeah. yeah just Thanks, true. honey. Very true. <laughs> I admire that delineation at workspace and yes. home space. Yes. I think so many people are struggling with that right now because you feel like you're always halfway working from home. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, you know, I mean, I've, I've complained on video right. and sent it right. to the church. That's how I deal with things. <laughs> and, it's a good uh, strategy. Yeah. Well, I have that privilege, right, mm-hmm. of just la- lamenting publicly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't been, we're here at the office, social distancing, of course, uh, recording this. But I haven't been coming here because I've been at home with my kids while my wife, who's a teacher, is also trying to do her work. And so not being able to go to my work space has been a huge challenge. But uh, this podcast is not about me. So, yeah, <laughs> it's OK, Brian, you can continue. Well, you want to take the next question? Sure. How long have you all been part of Missio and what brought you here initially? Oh, my. For me, it's been I think that was the summer of 2015 is when I started kind of visiting here Previously, I was driving from my parents' house, which is outside of Hendersonville, about 50 minutes to UNC Asheville to work every day. And just kind of feeling that tug of being closer to the students and in a church body that's close to the students that I work with every day. And Richard Billhorn was actually the one who introduced me to the church. Oh, and yeah. um, gosh, I, goes, I can't believe that's been five years already. But just feeling that tug and, and investigating the church and that was back, I, I went once when it was on Patton Avenue, and then it was Hall Fletcher shortly yeah. after. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that was 2014. Yeah. Yeah. When, when I visited, but yeah. uh, you weren't there. Right. Both times I visited, Pastor Brian wasn't there. And then the summer, he went on sabbatical. So it was really hilarious. <laughs> That's Richard, Richard was out. like, yeah. <laughs> I should go way more <laughs> yeah. often. Richard was like, you know, hey, you love to hear Brian preach. <laughs> and then I didn't get to hear him for a long time. So it was real <laughs> hilarious. The, yeah. the funny thing about that, too, is that your parents had been here a few times. And yeah, several of the thing. times mm-hmm. they've been here, I haven't been preaching. <laughs> right. Right. They've heard you since, though. So, <laughs> yeah. How about for you, Brenda? When did you? I can't remember. It was it was at the Haywood Street. Yeah, 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 it was on Patton Avenue. Um, I came here. If we're if we're Jeremy's always so good about year references, so I'm going to say 2013, the spring of 2013. I had been in Asheville for about a year at that point, mm-hmm. and I actually found Missio. I just Googled Acts 29 in Asheville. I was podcasting with another pastor. Uh, yep. Many people probably know Mark Driscoll. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at the time, he was at Mars Hill in yep. Seattle, and. I was living in Gainesville, Florida, and I was attending mm, a, f- a couple of churches down there, but really, really grew a lot under his teaching. And so uh, I knew that that church was part of the Acts 29 network, yeah. Googled Acts 29, came to Missio. And I think this is the only church outside of visiting with a couple of friends to watch baptisms and things like that, that I have gone to. You might've been the, the first person I met because then you were out in the lobby. Oh, I know yeah. you were outside the church right, greeting right. people yeah. coming in. Yeah. And, and wow. so... And I, I was toe dipping for a little while. I didn't get plugged in until uh, maybe 2015. Yeah. And joined a community group, and then uh, I think I got baptized here. You in, sure did. In 16. So yeah. it's wow. been a, it's been a journey. Yeah. I was cautious observer. I wanted to check this thing out yeah. just to make sure it it's was okay. okay. It had wise. nothing to do with me not being okay. <laughs> Is missing at all okay for me? Right. <laughs> That's right. Uh-huh. Now you both are from the area. Right, originally right. and kind of grew up here. What kind of kids were you guys? Well, I, I grew up in Waynesville, about 30 minutes from here. And the last of four kids, and so very independent and on my own. And I was into sports. I know that's a shock, but into sports, kind of a tomboy playing outside. I mean, that mm-hmm. was the day in a time before people were, were on kind of devices and things like that. And so spent a lot of time doing that and also just being dragged along to my siblings' basketball and yeah. baseball and everything that they were into and uh so it was a it was a it was neat growing up in in waynesville you know i really was never one of those kids that's like i've got to get out of here you know i can't stand this place but when i left i, I really never came back so yeah. but yeah that was my childhood in a nutshell gosh for me it was i lived 25 minutes outside of hendersonville in the country so it took 25 minutes to drive to high school and um <laughs> 
We always tell people, oh, we live in Hendersonville, but actually, you just kind of keep going. Henderson um, County is so big. People yes, don't realize how yes, big Henderson County is. very wide. Were you in yeah. Fruitland yeah. out in that area? Oh, no, no. Way yeah. further. Grew up, I would say, the way I grew up, just kind of either having animals or a garden or things like that. She's laughing. But uh, exactly the polar opposite from her growing up. I was not involved. And in, I did play like baseball and, you know, a couple things like that, but... Uh, like once or twice, but mostly involved with uh, <laughs> like once one yes, or two yes. seasons or one or two games. No, I think it was one or two. Yeah, it was one or two seasons. I remember two specific seasons and played left field. It was uh, it was a wild experience. But anyway, uh, <laughs> much, much better at math, science, all those things. Loved school yeah. and really strived for the A's, you know, kind of thing. That was uh-huh. just my how I got plugged in. But I would say growing up, mostly just a child that's What's the word for that? I forgot. But it's kind of like you're a, you listen to what your parents say and you want to please them. Like you're very you know compliant. Yeah. Compliant. And so mm-hmm. if if parents express disappointment, mm-hmm. then I felt so sad. So oh yeah, um, it's worse. It's than, a great motivator. Worse than any belt mm-hmm. or <laughs> willow stick. Yeah. Disappointment. Willow stick. <laughs> Are y'all do y'all that? Have Willow sticks growing up a switch? <laughs> That's go, funny. Go pick it off the. If you don't go pick it off yeah. the tree, I'm gonna go get it. That was my classic. parents might listen to this. They'll be like, "We never used a Willow stick." <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> my parents just said, "Go to your room." That's yeah. all I ever got. The disappointment which explains honestly, a lot. Though, probably, yeah. I can totally relate to that. Yeah, I mean, my grandmother. I, I this is burned into my memory. She told me one time she was disappointed, and <sighs> I just like I was like crying like a baby. I just can't. Uh. But it did affect the way I grew up, certainly. Yeah. How, oh, yeah. How you want people to look at you and see you as uh-huh. doing all the right things. So. Well, you're the oldest, too. Yes, oldest of three. And I would say very organized, structured in that way. Yeah. Um, rule follower to the T kind mm-hmm. of thing. So as you think about your childhood, and if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, you both kind of grew, grew up going to church. But when did relationship with Jesus really become yours? That's really hilarious because I'm cleaning out my office right now at work and found this uh, life album that I made in like the sixth grade. Um, And there's a picture there of me getting baptized when I was six. And that's when the journey began for me, I would say. And all that time growing up through church, Sunday school, all those things, being involved in Awana and going all the way up through all of that. If you don't and know what that is, Awana is like Christian Cub Scouts, basically. It yeah, stands right. for something, right? Yeah, it stands for Approved Workmen Are Not Ashamed. Oh, and there it is. Um, <laughs> it's so it's funny because we always relate it to Cub Scouts because yeah. you can earn a citation award, which is ten years worth of work. Okay, which is kind of similar to yeah, Eagle Scout a, okay. kind of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's but a lot th- of Bible memorization yes. in Awana. I, I would say yes, that was really what created the foundation. Yeah, in learning all that material and learning a lot of God's word and the worldview and everything you develop through that. But I would say that was a lot of growth took place during that period. Mm-hmm. But then there was a eh, kind of little break in there. I mean, the church family has seen yeah. my testimony on mm-hmm. the screen, so not a real new shocker, but, but you know, just having questions about, you know, sex or something like that. Yeah, I was yeah. like, should I use that word? Yeah, you um, can. And you know, the whole trap of pornography and all mm-hmm. of that and experiencing a roller coaster of Christian life. But the second phase, I would say where, in a shorter time frame, there's been way more growth, uh, and Missio was involved a lot in that, mm-hmm. uh, especially Richard, who I mentioned before, yeah. is just bearing all of that and then being pulled out. Uh, like, as God pulled me out of that sin, you know, just being free from it, but not dealing with it, just cram it down. Nobody has to know about it, and now everybody does. So, you know, it's kind <laughs> of hilarious. But um, But God has really used that to adjust my view of people. Yeah. And how you judge them, because Christians, we can tear people down pretty fast. But and I used to be one of those Uh kind of that mindset of, you know, you're doing all the right things. So you're higher than somewhere else. Right. Higher than someone else, not somewhere. But anyway, but really, I would just say that that is really the second phase. And a lot of that's been here at Missio Mm -hmm. and been really vital to my growth, especially community group. Yeah, it's powerful. What about you, Brenda? Um, Yeah, as Brian said, I did grow up going to church. None of that really stuck. But I I am thankful that my mom took us to church every Sunday. I think a lot of the seeds were planted and just having that familiarity with the Bible and who Jesus was. And but when I left for college, I I didn't go to church. You know, that really wasn't a big part of my life. And it really also wasn't 
congruent with the lifestyle that I was in mm-hmm. and some of the choices that I was making. And uh, in the world's eyes, they weren't, you know, I wasn't burning buildings down or robbing banks. I was actually a student athlete at a Division One college, Wake Forest, um, you know, again, appearing to be successful and had a lot of success in those kinds of things, but just spiritually dead, not, not fully even knowing that. Yeah. Because uh, I felt, you know, really good in my own skin when I was in college. And so that was my story. I think Jesus made a few what I call guest appearances in my life. <laughs> yeah. Here, you know, there would be glimpses, there would be stories, there would be a little bit of that pull. But then quickly, and now I, as I look back, it was probably the enemy quickly mm. swooping in to divert my attention elsewhere. And, you know, the pursuit, and Brian describes it a lot as that dimmer switch, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. slowly coming on and then everything's bright and you see, uh, you see fully. And that was it for me. You know, it, it took a while. Uh, my 20s were a little bit rebellious. Um, and it was in about 2008, I think, and I can remember that distinctly because a coworker, I was working at the University of Florida at the time as an assistant coach, and she invited me to come to an Easter service. And it was at that Easter service, I really felt that emotion and yeah. like, what's going on? Yeah. I don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't, this isn't comfortable because I'm not in control. Yeah. And that's something that I've really pursued in my life is control and realizing now, mm, I don't have it. It's not in my hands. And so that's really when that journey of about, I would say, eight years, really, of God's pursuit and then my final surrender. So mm-hmm. Jacob wrestled for a night. Yeah, I wrestled for eight years. Yeah. Painful. Uh, it's, it's better to surrender early. That would be my, that would be my advice That's right. to myself back then, for sure. Any of you rebellious people listening right now, just surrender. Surrender, please. Save yourself. You're you're gonna lose. You will lose. You will lose. That is absolutely true. So y'all both mentioned school. What did you study in college, and where did you go? So I had no idea where to go to college at that time. But counselors at the high school were like, "You're going to college." I mean, my parents did too. They really encouraged that. But so I picked a place that was close to home, which was UNC Asheville, having absolutely no idea what to do there. But everyone had told me, "Hey, the first couple of years will be the same." And there's a long story there, but my advisor was like, oh, you made A's in calculus and physics. Why don't you go to engineering and kind of investigate that? So that was actually, and he still works there, but that was actually how I got involved in engineering. And then through that process, realizing that I like teaching. And so then there wasn't a teaching position open. So I got a teaching license in math and physics for high school. But then as soon as that was done, there was a position open in the program, so I jumped to it. Wow. And they provided, you know, if you work as a state employee, they'll let you take two classes a year. So yeah. I did master's with electrical and computer engineering concentration. So oh, that's terrific. It was a lot of fun. What would you have wanted taught in high school? The closest thing to engineering that I could come up with was physics and math. Yeah. So I was like, hey, that would be awesome. Let's yeah. do that. That's my dream, too. Well, I mean, I've been teaching high school math for four years. And I'm moving away from it, but <laughs> so it was your dream. <laughs> it was my dream. I, yeah, but I'm easily distracted. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I love physics and math. We have that in common. Yeah, I think it speaks to the order and the the beauty and the design of the world that you can just observe things happening carefully, and there's a lot of order, surprising order. Like mm. if the world were just chaos, you wouldn't expect these beautiful things to. Just to rise out of it. Yeah. Brenda, what did you uh, what did you study? Let's see. I studied history. Hey. Mm-hmm. And sociology. Okay. That was after I, I visited the theater department when I got to Wake Forest. <clears throat> and uh, it was like that's basically like playing another sport, right. by the way. For those mm-hmm. of you who oh, are not sure. who are not theater majors. I know yes. we've got a bunch in the church, but uh, <laughs> there's um, a few. We have very oh, Asheville. There's a few. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I envy that. I wish I could go back and, and do that. That was really my first dream. I would have Much loved like to see Peter. you in a play. Oh, I was in some high school plays. Oh man. Love. Is there it. video? There that would no, be VHS. That would be that would be VHS. Yes, it definitely that's early nineties. And so I wasn't gonna say it. I wasn't gonna date okay. you that way. What's it's a okay. VHS? I'm right. just kidding. Thanks, Peter. <laughs> Peter. I, I liked you for about five <laughs> minutes. Um but uh I started studying history because I thought that would be a good major to prepare myself to go to law school. Interesting. Yes, very. So that was really, mm -hmm, that was the track I was on and I stayed on that track 
even while getting a, I got a master's in education because when I was playing, I was injured and had an extra year. And yeah. so that was really a gift as well um, because I was on full scholarship and able to do that. And so I took the LSAT and I applied to one school. Not, not exactly. I don't know. So that really probably was the first indication that it really wasn't my dream. <laughs> At least that's what my father said. Yeah. You're going to apply to one school. <laughs> like what about these others? And, um, Actually, I did not get in. I, I applied to Chapel Hill, and I did not get in, and I thought I was a shoe-in. Yeah. I had great grades, and I made an A in calculus, Jeremy. This, I always say the Bravo. second time I, I took it. <laughs> That's hey, you okay. beat me. Yeah. You beat me. The second time. But, I didn't even um, take it a second time. That was clearly not the Lord's plan for me. Uh, so that door was shut, and I ended up playing a, a year of professional basketball over in France right after that, and so get, not getting into law school didn't seem so bad. Yeah. So that, that was kind of my pursuit and then obviously got into coaching after playing. Yeah. As you think back on your lives, what have been some of the most transformative moments that you've experienced so far? Wow. So that's a big, of course, that's a big question. Sure. But I was, I was thinking about this earlier today, how to like pare that down to just a couple, you know, mm-hmm. moments. But I would say, uh, you know, I spoke before about growing up through Awana and all those things and that was transformative. But sure. that wasn't like a single moment. Right. But I, I would say that for me, honestly, it just happened at UNCA when I was, there's a lot of places on that campus that are special. And a lot of that involved Richard, you know, being in the connection of, to this church. I didn't know anything about Missio Day. Never even heard of Acts 29. Yeah. Nothing like that. But just the motivation. He's a very genuine person and wanted to get to know you. And some of those transformative moments were, you know, where God is bringing up that sin, like I talked about before. Mm-hmm. The, how he pulled you out of sin and then you're like, I don't want anybody to know about that. So I'm going to cram it down as far as possible. Mm-hmm. And what you create are these cardboard walls. That's what I call, we called them, you know, painted cardboard walls. So everybody sees, you know, what, the projection of who you are, but they don't actually know anything mm-hmm. about you yeah. uh, deeply. And so I, I thought I had the ability to love people deeply and, but no, not, not even close. So, because I think, of course, the deeper that God's love can go into you, the more that you can love other people. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize to the extent of that. I was actually two steps away from getting married. That was back in 2014. If I have to remember like that. And that was in August. And um, don't think I'm crazy. But, uh, you know, I, I was driving home. This is back when I still lived at my parents. And there was this, this moment where I was praying for my friends and their exams and all this stuff. And... It was got a hush came over the car, and I, I never will forget that because it was this moment where, as clear as day in my heart and mind, it said, "You are not the man I have for her." And I was like, mm. "Excuse me, like what? You know who said that?" Yeah. And this is not Brenda, of course. This is someone else. And uh, and I'm going like, uh, "What? What in the heck? What in the go? What is going on? I'm so confused." Yeah. And so. One of my friends, actually, at that time, I had had trouble reading God's word every day. And so he had given me a daily devotional book. And wouldn't you know that the next like four or five days in that devotional book where God speaks, you obey. <laughs> and it, so there so many confirmations about that. And eventually went through that whole process of, you know, breaking up. And that was interesting um, because my plan of what life was going to look like was, going into full-time ministry in Awana, getting married, finishing grad school, like the master's degree. And mm-hmm. I had that all, you know, it was kind of going down that track. And and so then there was just this healing period where God was spending time um, reading God's Word daily was coming back into my life. And one of those who was encouraging me was Richard. Mm. And having lunch with him on a daily basis, talking about the sermon, different things that were going on, that was a transformative time of of God preparing my heart for what he was getting ready to do which was you know we we made jokes about you know that you bury something so deep and you build skyscrapers on top of it and so God was bringing like the wrecking ball into Mm. my life that's what it felt like at that time you know obviously Mm -hmm. but and gosh I remember the moment in the parking lot where I first told somebody that I had struggled with pornography and that was terrifying Mm -hmm. because I'm like no one knows about this. It's yeah. very private, Sid. And now it felt like the entire world knew, even though I'd only told one person. Mm-hmm. And I was just afraid the friendship would end. I'll be over, you know. But this wrecking ball God is bringing in is is going to destroy my life. When, in fact, it was just blowing over the painted cardboard yeah. and actually restoring what was there, you know, and, and doing that work and renewing everything that he had already done 
uh, and had been working on all that time to renew me. And mm. um, that was, I would say that was what we call Dungeon One, the first transmotive <laughs> moment. Uh, but, but then we had this second dungeon, which came much later. And I just remember that there were two friends, Richard and Eli. Yeah, that's all I had, two friends. But uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but these, these young men of God who were being used in my life and so powerfully. And God had allowed me to hear Eli's testimony the first time we had lunch. And after it was a couple months after that and after I had talked to Richard about pornography and those kind of things, that this I'm praying in the car on the way to work. And I'm saying, how, how do you bring this up in conversation? I'm feeling this prompting like I'm supposed to share my story with Eli I'm like, how do you, you just, oh, by the way, you know, bam, mm-hmm. you know, like I had no practice for, and I would say that I didn't really have a sense for how do you talk with somebody and let them know everything that's been going on. Right. I hadn't had that level of deep friendship before. So it's kind of terrifying, mm-hmm. but obviously preparing you for marriage. I mean, like somebody's going to get to know you then obviously. Oh, yeah. So, but this moment in the car, I'll never forget. It was another transformative moment. And there, most of them were in the car, oddly enough, but, um, that's why I used to pray a lot. Anyway, mm. in that moment when I was praying and asking God for wisdom and how to bring this up in conversation with Eli, God brought up Dungeon 2, which I had not. And I just immediately cried mm. and was like, God, we said we were never going to talk about that again. And and it was me. What, he never said that, obviously. Right. But, uh, you know, and that second one was the, I had to take a quick pause there. Um, okay. It's just that... Um, the, the sin of homosexuality mm-hmm. and having that desire for uh, the same sex and that mm-hmm. attraction and all those things that I had experienced. Because so, pornography had taken me to some ugly places and it just really warps your heart mm-hmm. and sin does. And to realize that and express that, I mean, in my office is the place where I shared that with Richard one Friday evening. I'll never forget that moment. And he just reached out his hand and touched my shoulder and I felt God go all the way down to the bottom. I did not know God's love can go that far mm. down deep. And I was visibly shaking and crying in my, when I was talking mm. about that. It was embarrassing. But uh, every little thing would just make me cry again. Like I couldn't, it was so tender mm-hmm. yeah. in such a deep place of pain because I, I mean, obviously I hadn't told anybody about pornography. I certainly hadn't mentioned any of those mm-hmm. uh, issues as well. And and so those were two of the most transformative moments mm. in my life. And all of them kind of wrapped around Missio. I didn't know it at the time. I d- didn't even know about Missio. But, you know, that's what led me to Missio Day. And there, there's just all these little moments. We talked about that at our wedding, yeah. little steps of faith along the way where if God would have told me back in 2014 when I was headed on that path of, of getting married in full-time ministry that, Hey, this is what I'm going to do. I'd have been like, absolutely not. Right. Right. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Yeah. But so I joke and say he tricks us, but no, he, he knows, <laughs> he knows what we can handle. And he, yeah. he gives us a little bit of faith each step yeah. of the way to take that. Well, and it's steps. also, you know, the, the Psalms talk about giving you light for the path, but it's right. not the entire path. It's just the next step. Right. 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 You know? And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think for any of us, if he would have revealed to us our entire <laughs> futures, we would never take the first step. But he says, just trust me for the next step. Yeah, that's right. so yeah. true. Precisely. Yeah. How about for you, Brenda? What have been maybe one or two of those transformational moments? Wow. Yeah, I would say uh, mentioning the attending the church service, I think, in 2008 when I really felt God's pursuit start. You know, I really felt that pull, even though he had been orchestrating things behind the scenes without me knowing, you know, when I look back, I can see that clearly now and, and what a loving God, because I was so deep in sin and so rebellious and, and really the authority on my own life. You couldn't tell me anything and really focused on climbing the ladder at work and working hard. And again, having the appearance of success when I was very broken inside. So starting to go to church and starting to explore. And like I said before, um, you know, finding out about Mark Driscoll's church and podcasting there and um, learning more. I'm a learner. And so God used that, Mm -hmm. uh, how he created me. And um, so I was slowly learning more, but not fully surrendering. And one of the transformative moments was coming to Asheville. You know, I had a great job at Florida. I mean, you're, you're working at University of Florida, you're living in a college town, 
Uh, I was getting paid pretty well, and this opportunity comes up open at Asheville, which, again, by a lot of my colleagues' standards, wasn't a good job in terms, even though it was a head coaching job, and that would seem to be a step up. It was actually a pay cut, and the program was struggling. But I remember there was, I had already interviewed for the position, and I was waiting on UNC Asheville to give me the go-ahead, and I thought that was going to happen, but it was dragging on. And so it it, kind of culminated in this, my decision, I was not going to take this job. This is taking too long. There are too many red flags with UNC Asheville. And so I'd actually written an email to my boss at at University of Florida, and I was telling her I'm staying at Florida. Mm. But before I pushed send, I, and I wasn't a big, I didn't even know how to pray at the time. Again, I was learning, but it wasn't, I didn't have a relationship. I had not surrendered. And so learning a lot, but again, there was no prayer life. And so I threw myself on the floor, I'm down on my hands and knees. And I'm just saying, God, I'm, I'm, I'm willing right here. I don't even know what I'm willing to do, but I feel this tug and uh, tell me what you want me to do. So as I'm praying, the phone is ringing. And long story short, it was UNC Asheville at eight o'clock on a Thursday night, you know, about eight hours too late. Yeah. Um, So that's how I ended up at Asheville. And I really knew from that point on, God wants you to be here. I had no idea for what, but that was a very transformative moment where I recognized the work of God. This is real. Yeah. This is real. And so coming up here and getting involved in Missio, all of those things were were very important. But I would say another transformative time in my life and and really my struggle was, and of course, Brian, you know this, and some people in the church do, I, I've I was living in a lifestyle of same sex relationships really from the time I was in college until coming to Asheville. Um, and even some of the time that I've been in Asheville. And so that was my struggle, (laughs) which of course makes our story even more interesting (laughs) now that you've heard Jeremy talk about that. But um, that was what I was struggling with. But in Asheville, it became a struggle. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just a lifestyle. That's Mm -hmm. where I really felt the struggle, the really the warfare that was going on. Um, there was a disquiet of the soul surrounding yeah. that. And where I used to be very comfortable, as I said earlier in my own skin, I was not comfortable. I had no peace. And so around that 2016 time was really, I'd been coming to Missio, uh, you know, meeting people, getting plugged in, and really recognized this is sin. Mm. And that's when the gospel really became real to me. And I remember Laura Buckwalter at the time was working at Missio and there was a baptism opportunity coming up. And I remember emailing her. We were in the middle of the season. And I remember emailing her like two days before asking, is is this still possible? Can I get baptized? Because I was really, the way God was working, I had no choice. Yeah. I mean, I was up at night, (laughs) waking up in the middle of the Mm -hmm. night, really concerned you know, I, I really need to take this step. And so getting baptized December 4th, 2016. Yeah. And that was really a transformative moment. That's when I really surrendered that lifestyle. And of course, I not perfectly um, sure. in, in terms of the emotional piece, but really laid that down and just open handedly, you know, look to God. OK, what's next? And because liberation is dangerous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. There's so much fear. And I was so entrenched in that lifestyle that I couldn't imagine anything else. And so a lot of it, I was just white knuckling what I knew and that control piece. Yep. And so really surrendering to God and, and, you know, asking him, what do you have? I trust you. And so that was uh, that was probably the next coming to Asheville, and I would say yeah. 2016. There's so many so many other oh, yeah. other things I could talk about, sure. but those are the two things I would mention. You know, the thing that that I am struck by with both of your stories, and of course, you know, knowing you guys, I've I've heard these before, but I'm still, I mean, every time I hear, is just God's relentless pursuit, mm-hmm. right. right, and and His mercy towards us that. There is nothing, so whoever's listening, like there is nothing that you wrestle with right now that God cannot deal with, and right. he w- and, and He will deal with. Like yes. if you will just, as you said, surrender fully to Him and allow Him to bring the healing that He that only He can bring, mm-hmm. and the wholeness that only He can bring, right? There, there is no telling what He can do in your life, and uh, it's such an encouragement. Like w- when you said, this is real. Like, and I mean, I, I'm looking in your eyes right now. I, I know you believe that. And it's like, 
it, that's that's what's amazing to me is like the power of God and His gospel to absolutely radically transform lives. You know, yes. I, I I just amazing. will never get over that. Yes. So we've talked about God pursuing y'all in some amazing ways, but how did y'all meet and how did you come to pursue each other? Oh, that is hilarious. So if you, I mean, we told part of this story at, at our wedding, but um, we actually met the first time in the gym. I know people couldn't, you know, guess that from looking at me, but, you know, it's kind of this moment where uh, I remember the first time, and she, she made note of it today, was I was wearing a, don't judge me, Brian, but pet Christian t-shirt at the time. You know, oh, we've, we've had jokes about wait, which that. which one like, was it? It was coming back soon. It was really hilarious. Coming. Like, it was my movie t-shirt. I would wear <laughs> that to movies. But anyway, and of course, it got downgraded to a gym shirt, but whatever. And I just happened to walk by, I think it was Brenda and Joy, I'm pretty sure, that were on the, the ellipticals, and... You have to understand when I was going, learning how to go to the gym at that time, it was kind of like focus, just do your thing. Don't yeah. look at people because uh-huh. I was terrified they were looking at me. So, and Brenda just like, Hey, where'd you get that shirt? And I was like, this person's talking to me. What do I say? <laughs> you know, it was terrifying. So it's really funny. And I said, Oh, I think, you know, my grandmother got it for me. I'll send you an email. So, <laughs> you know, I, I sent her an email. She never responded. It was hilarious, but well, oh now it's my. hilarious, but no, 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 no. I mean, that was way too early. That Timing was is everything. Did you give too him a? Soon. You too gave soon. him a false email address, didn't you? I did you get the email, and I I appreciated it. We I, I kept it. I, I do have it, but it was it was that was not really the moment. That was yeah. just you know the first time I remember us talking. Y'all were aware but, of each other. Yeah. yeah, but it was not anything like it wasn't right. even fr- pursuing friendship. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just like there's a person who has seen my face at church, you know, kind of thing. And then I can remember, gosh, I do remember uh, the story I told. I'll, I'll try to give the quick version. This podcast is going to go way over. But uh, so we're know, interviewing two people, so it's going to be longer nice. than normal. So. Okay. That's fine, right? So yeah. we told this story of where Pastor Brian, you know, I had three areas in my life that I was kind of asking for guidance on from God. I was like, uh, excuse me, like I finished my master's degree. What am I supposed to do now? Um, and, you know, because the goal's finished, you're like, uh, you know, what's next? Mm-hmm. So, praying through career, education, and relationship. And, you know, one of the, I left a relationship to the last one. It's hilarious. But in God, I tell you, the the whole light, the only part, you know, to the next part of your yeah. path. And and I, I don't like certain verses in the Bible. Let's just be real. So the, the ones that are like test and prove what God's will is, I'm like, I don't like that part. You just tell yeah. me what the plan is. I'll mm-hmm. do it. And so it's, it's amazing how God always does things to, to increase our dependence on him. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my struggle. So God won't tell me the answer. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he'll just say like, I've given you enough detail. Now I'll take a step. Yeah. I mean, I'm like a toddler over here walking. So the areas of education and career were kind of like, they kind of dead ended. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? Okay. Now you're not even answering relationship. I had tried eHarmony and Christian. What is it? Christian mingle. mingle. Oh, it's been so long. So, you know, and, and, <laughs> And I would say Pastor Brian had had recommended that uh, because I, I did not of, recommend Christian Mingle. No, 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 no. You recommended online dating. I, I'm the one that did that. Sure, part. I will cop to that. But it was just because he said, you know, oftentimes you're just crossing paths with people you don't you don't realize you are, and yep. and, and and it was really good because what it did was made me write down the things I wanted in a wife. I mean, like you you had to sit down and type all these things out, mm-hmm. and I had read so many of these posts that just made me sick. It was kind of like, you know, they want this knight in shining armor who loves Jesus. And, but it was so romanticized on the, the yeah. website. And I was just like, who oh, can live up to that? What's yeah, wrong no. with that? What's <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But, but and in, in a moment of frustration, I wrote this paragraph of, I want somebody who's real, who can talk to you about the things you struggle with. I mean, I was just like, blah, all this stuff. I read that the next day and I was like, gosh, this would scare people off your dating profile. Probably shouldn't put that on there. <laughs> but anyway, it's kind of this, I remember this moment and I'm building up to this moment. Sorry. But crescendo coming. I love so, it. It's so impactful because I feel like God is not answering this prayer about relationship. And I'm like, God, what gives? Like you, you put a stop on career. I did that. That job kind of got cut the you put a stop on education now like relationships not going anywhere but this, these are all three things on my heart like how am i supposed to deal with this and it was a sunday that brian preached on coming to god in prayer and being bold in your request 
like sneak into the throne room like a redheaded stepchild and mm-hmm. beg for a crime. And, and we can be bold, not arrogant, but we can be bold and, and let God know what is on our heart. And so, of course, the next day I feel this like raw sense of just praying in the car on the way to work about God, why are you not answering this prayer kind of thing about relationship and letting it all out. And when I got to the school, my plan was get on elliptical, don't have to talk to anybody. You know, I can just process the stuff I had said in prayer, you know. You really don't like talking focus. to people, do you? I, I do. I'm much more of an introvert, <laughs> for sure. But I'm also a relator, so I like talking to all of you. But anyway, mm-hmm. complicated. I, I get on that machine. I haven't been on there five minutes, and Brenda comes in. And we have not done this before. We've seen each other at church, but not had any more conversations than like, hello. And she gets on the machine next to me, and she starts talking. And I told this story at the wedding. I was just like, in my head, I'm thinking like, oh, I do not want to have to talk to anybody right now. Why are you talking to me? Uh, And it's because I'm processing all this stuff and just kind of got this little frustration. And, you know, after a few minutes talking to her, the perspective is reset. You know, you're kind of like feeling that out. And, but I am very dense. So I didn't pick up on what God was doing at that time. And so it was the Wednesday. Same thing happened again. The car, frustration, everything come in the elliptical and Brenda gets on there in the morning next to me and starts talking again. <laughs> and so it was not even after that. It she was, clearly didn't get the hint after the first time. No, yeah, I, no. I did. I had no idea that he was actually very annoyed with me, <laughs> at least for the first 10 minutes. Hey, and, pa- painted cardboard. That's and what you probably weren't annoyed the last 20 minutes because you were exhausted and I, I was oh, wearing his ears out and he was also breathing heavy. So yeah, she can do that elliptical way harder than I can. But it, it, it's just a hilarious story. I mean, you can't make it up. God, uh-huh. God's the one that writes these funny things. And it was actually my friend who, who mentioned, said, hey, like you've talked to this person twice and, you know, they you really enjoyed that conversation in the end, mm-hmm. you know, obviously. Sure. As that perspective got reset. And he was like, well, why don't you just, you know, ask her? And I, I kind of like thought on that a while. And then I think that's actually when... Mm-hmm. You had that message about praying and, yeah. and being bold. So I prayed for a chance to talk to Brenda. And that that was, I think, the most hilarious day um, because I went in, same thing in the morning. I had early classes, went in about 7.30 or so, got on the elliptical, no Brenda. Like that week, no Brenda. And that Mondays were like 12 hour long. I mean, my lab got out at like 7.30, 7.45, and then I had to clean up. And so I'm walking back to my car going, well, the day's not over. Maybe God's going to answer my prayer at the end of the day. But really, it's I want the shortest path to my car. That's mm-hmm. what you know I want. <laughs> and sure enough, I round the corner at the gym, and Brenda is right down the floor doing planks, which if anybody who knows anything about Brenda, she does not work out late at night. Like that is, no. that never happens. And so here's this moment where God is like, I've got this. Like, you know, I, mm-hmm. I know what I'm doing. And that's kind of how I got started. I chickened out. <laughs> didn't even go in there after all that you know, yeah. all after that, all that build up to a crescendo I he know. goes and i'm checking you know that's real but being the nerd i am you know i sent a, an email i talked to a friend he gave me courage i went back down there to talk to her well she was done i mean you don't start with planks obviously i know that now but <laughs> you know it's kind of funny some but, people uh, do well not definitely not me not, i hate apps so you know moving on but uh <laughs> but then sent an email and that's how it started like uh lunch at Rockies. All right. So you start with lunch and what made you say yes to lunch? You know, he, he wrote a really encouraging email because you didn't ask me to lunch as in, Hey, you no, want to go to no, lunch? Terrified, you know, no. Hey, you, you, hey. you, I saw you planking. No, <laughs> <laughs> totally didn't do that. It was right. something like dear Brenda, I really want to tell you how God has used you to encourage me lately. And right. we were getting ready to start the season and we'd had a couple of tough practices. And I was like, this is very positive. Yeah. I'll be honest. And I'm pretty intuitive. I really had, I really at that moment did not assume that it was anything beyond that. And so not that I would have said, actually, I did say no. That is part of our story. <laughs> but that's what led me to say yes. And he gave me a few options and we, you know, I think yeah. it was that Sunday that we grabbed lunch and we were at Rockies for like two and a half hours, just talking. Both of us mm-hmm. can talk. That's why this is going to be epic. 
Sorry, Missio. We love you, Missio. On our way out, we are leaving you with our life story. More details than you needed. But this um, is volume one. We we yes. talked and we continued to to. Well, actually, the second time we had lunch, uh, we went to a Mexican restaurant. Love Mexican, both of us do. And, it was El uh, Pasa. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the spot. It was at that restaurant that he mentioned dating. And, um, and I, I heard him very clearly in the conversation, but you know how we women can do, we can kind of bob and weave and dodge. And so mm-hmm. I didn't answer the question when we were actually sitting there, yes. but I was very aware that we, that I had been asked. So I sent an email later that day and I said, listen, I, I, I'm not ready to begin that process. And I wasn't, I think the Lord was doing a lot in my heart. And part of it was, I was a little surprised. Mm. Um, I think that's something that, you know, we think when we're in sin and then we get pulled out of that, that there's this certain amount of time that we need to just spend with the Lord, especially when it has to do with sexual sin. Sure. And um, I was thinking, this is, I've got to have five years of singleness. I may never have another relationship, but that's okay. Yeah. You know, and, and God knows better than we do. And so I really wasn't ready, but we agreed to continue to, you know, meet up for coffee, although for him it was water. He doesn't drink coffee, so, and I still married you. Um, wow. You still yeah. don't drink coffee? No. Yeah. Tea? Anything? I can be very excited in the morning yeah, yeah. without any of that, so that would be dangerous. I really admire yeah. that. Yeah. The, what is it, over the hedge, that My- squirrel that like, walks <laughs> in your hand? That would be me. My wife corrupted me. She, <laughs> oh, I- she got me. I was like you. I was like Paniagua, just bread and water. Over. So we're going to have her on the podcast next. Maybe we correct. have to have counseling before then. <laughs> yeah, coffee so. is, I don't know how he, he does it. But anyway, he did end up asking me again in February, and that was February of 2018. And and there had been a lot of prayer. You know, I have mm-hmm. some great sisters in Christ that were aware uh, and praying with me, and that, that's been a blessing as well. And so I said yes, and it was actually that same month. Talk about another, tra- to kind of shoehorn another transformative moment not, not actually it was before we started dating is really when I felt I heard from the Lord. Um, and I had this impression and it wasn't audible and you have to be very careful when you say these things, people are like, ah, with that one eyebrow, up, like, right. what are you? but I really felt this impression and it, it overwhelmed me. I'll be honest. Cause I was not ready for this, but yeah. I, I know the reasoning behind it now, but the Lord really was very clear. And the impression was you are going to marry Jeremy. And freak out. Wow. Yeah. Um, the next morning, I was like writing in my journal. Yeah. I think I heard you say this, but I, I think maybe the connection was not as yeah. clear because I was freaking out, not because it was Jeremy, because right. but marriage would mean for me, my view of marriage. This could be another podcast. Was jail, mm-hmm. a lack of freedom. Yeah. Um, or, you know, just it, there was a lot of fear around that, and and so I know that God was reassuring me because he knew our path and and knew the struggle that just getting into a dating relationship, that there was going to be some attacking, there was going to be some ups and downs. Mm -hmm. And that was really my anchor that buoyed me because I was sure that I heard it. And that was confirmed along the way through prayer and and God and, and wise counsel. You know, because obviously you don't just want to hear something and, right. and not run that by a few people and be praying about it. And so that was really my anchor. And and so, yeah, we started dating, didn't date very long and started talking about marriage in July of 2018. You proposed shortly after, mm-hmm. shortly thereafter. And also in, at in Rockies, the office, right? in the office. No, oh, oh that's we, right. You we had the celebrated dinner. off the Rockies, dinner. But, that's right. But I, I wanted to propose there because that was the place that I had felt God's love the deepest. Mm. So I wanted to oh, propose so my love beautiful. to her there. Incredible. Old romantic over here. I would. It's kind of funny listening to her tell a story. Is that we are, we very old school. Like we were writing emails and leaving letters on each other's cars. Yeah. Like I mean, that's, that's kind of romantic. That's beautiful. Yeah, it really was. And I, I think the. The gift that God gave us was really, because of our age, a little older, and our life, at least my life experience, I really was interested in the relationship piece in terms of getting to know Jeremy. Yeah. And and we really wanted to pursue the dating process without any physical intimacy. And obviously that's biblical, but it also was very healthy yeah. and allowed us to keep the focus where it needed to be. And so I would just encourage... 
And I know it's hard. <laughs> I know For that sure. it's really hard, but when you're dating, I mean, to keep yeah. the main thing, the main thing. And, and we did that. And I think that was really healthy for us. And, uh, yeah, our first kiss, this is too much information, Missio, <laughs> was, uh, on our wedding day. Yep. I'm yeah. on the stage. I, I would put a caveat in there to say that from Jeremy's perspective, he was terrified of physical intimacy. So, um, <laughs> yeah, let's just be real, but I'm saying that the Times stuff I'm, changed. the stuff I'm doing, <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Oh dear. But the stuff, We're I mean, keeping that in, Oh my. <laughs> gotta make people laugh, but I'm yeah. saying from Brian, Brian knows this and, and all that talking through marriage counseling and everything is that Brenda is the one who's going to know me even further than the, right. the mm-hmm. you yeah. know, testimony on a video screen. It was like, she's going to know everything. So, and, and that was really terrifying. So God, I mean, God just knows what every person needs. And for me, it was that, that acceptance of who I am. We, we had firmly believed and prayed a lot that God would just take care of that. And, he did. Yeah. And that's a whole nother story. But I would just say that those little steps of faith that seem so scary, you know, God does amazing things in, in those steps. So it's been a wild journey already. Wow. So having, having this experience, you know, radical transformation, a lot of healing, mm-hmm. all of this, if you were able to speak to yourself 10 years ago or even five years ago, what one thing would you say to yourself at that point, knowing what you know now? I think I would say two things. One is that be genuine. Like, don't try to create these cardboard walls. They're useless. and They can't hold anything up. Is that when the Buck Walter community group, when, you know, I was coming through Missio and all of those things really got to know me. And they were very genuine people, a lot of fun too. And I'd never experienced anything like that. Mm. These friends and community group and all those things, really getting to know you. Because then you feel, Pastor Brian has a way of saying fully known and fully accepted. Mm. And that is an amazing place to be. And not only, I mean, it's in a limited fashion here on earth, but God knows us fully and loves us still. So, I mean, this is amazing stuff. The second thing would be like, just stay away from sin. Like, what are you thinking? You know, like the devastation and I would really say just the limiting of potential because when your life is going on a roller coaster, you're not doing that much for God. Mm. Not that he Mm. quote needs you, but you know what I'm saying? It's just, you, you have this baggage that you wouldn't otherwise have to carry because the freedom that God can still bring out and through that is amazing. Mm -hmm. But you could have also not, had just been 40 years in the wilderness either. You know, you could have obeyed and got the blessing right then. So, you know, that's the two things I would say. Yes, I think to to echo that piece about, or it makes me think of fruit bearing. Mm. Um, And I do have one of those testimonies that's, oh, the, you know, the rebel comes to Christ. But I think I I was listening to Jeff Mm Hex podcast the other day and him talking about just his walk with Christ, his marriage, the family. And I'm thinking, so there's so much fruit there. Yeah. And um, so what I would tell myself, and God wastes nothing. No. You know, I, well, I, I can't go back and change anything. Right. And so wherever you are, God will use that and he'll use your past experiences. Yeah. But I think about the fruit. And so I would say 10 years yeah. ago, listen, mm. you know, slow down and listen and pay attention because yeah. God was clearly pursuing me. Yeah. Any believer around me that mm. was watching what was going on could tell you that. And so I'd also say, listen to the right people and, yeah. and who you surround yourself with. Having, you know, one or two people that are walking with the Lord that are a little bit more mature. And I think yeah. that's a mistake a lot of young people make these days. You know, we, we're not willing to look to the generations yeah. that have come before. You know, we're, we're always thinking we know better. And right. really, we know nothing. We know nothing. Right. And, and that's what the generation behind us is going to say. You know, these exactly. people are crazy. Yep. And so just slowing down, listening to, to godly counsel and yeah, pay attention. Pay yeah. attention. That's really good. What would y'all say you admired the most about each other? Oh, man. I was thinking about that today. Is I would say Brenda is her ability to be so gentle in correction and wisdom uh, in a way to to bring correction to me, but without mm-hmm. tearing me down Yeah, because, and not being disrespectful, like just her, I mean, her inner beauty of the quietness of a godly woman is just amazing. Thanks, honey. Gee, when, when this is like marriage therapy. This is great. Yeah. You, you want to come back I've next week? That <laughs> we'll come back every week. <laughs> um, 
I would say with with Jeremy, it's definitely your your steadfast pursuit of of being a godly man and a godly husband. Your desire to lead, I see that in every every day, and it's never going to be perfect. And that leads me to my next thing is that your humility and your ability to admit that and communicate with me. You know, I hear a lot of women talk about, and, and men and women are different, and we're sure. all, we're all uh, you know, there's a continuum even mm-hmm. within that. But um, Jeremy's a great communicator, and so I really mm-hmm. appreciate that. And the last thing I would say is his courage. And he knows this, but, you know, I was at church uh, when you all, we were at Hall, meeting at Hall yeah. Fletcher mm-hmm. when you were going through the Beer City Jesus series yeah. and playing videos and testimonies of the members of the church. And Jeremy's was one that I saw. And this was yeah. before we'd even had conversation one. Yep. And I was listening to that and I thought, wow, the courage it takes to really be honest with what God has done in your life. But it's not about you. That's right. And I saw that it was about God. Yeah. And, and our stories are sometimes difficult to talk about and, um, you know, because there can be resistance and that's not the pervasive thought right now by many. And I understand that. Listen, I've been there. I've I've lived that. I've walked that. I've got many friends who are in that lifestyle and feel very comfortable. And, and so I know that there's resistance to, to what we've, our transformation and uh, those things. But uh, the courage that you had to say that publicly really was attractive, to be honest. You know, well, honesty is attractive. <laughs> Boldness yeah, is attractive. And there you go. Courage and walking with the Lord, those things are attractive. I mean, definitely, I think that those are some aspects. Wow. I, I do want to interject, though, if I can, and just say <laughs> that, I'm sorry, I'm talking way too much, but that is exactly one of the other questions you asked, which uh, on the, the kind of like preview was, um, you know, how does God use your weaknesses? Right. Because mm-hmm. I just want to be straight up and say, I do not have that courage without God at all. Yeah. So the whole story about how I shared my testimony, everything is not from a place of me boldly entering going, I'm going to do this. It's from a place of weakness going, I, I don't think I can do this. Yeah. And God showing up in that way. And, and I would, I just want to clarify, that's the part that's attractive is that when, you know, when God shines through you, that is an amazing and attractive quality. Yeah. And, and that's that's what I got to see from Brenda every day when she walks in the gym and gets on the elliptical and those kind of things is is just watching the whole room light up when she walks in at that godly beauty of where, you know, everybody is just like encouraged by her. So some changes are afoot for the Browns. Uh, not only has this COVID-19 situation made you stay at home, but uh, there's a lot of a lot of other changes that are happening. So why don't you tell us what's next for the Browns? So that's a, that's an interesting story, but we, we the short version is that we felt this tug about going to Virginia to pursue a PhD in engineering education. So kind of a wild event, but just that it's, it's like this calling, this tugging, this pulling. And watching God answer all those prayers, our community group, uh, the Shinglers have been, and all the members there have been praying with us for months Mm. and watching God just do every little step along the way. I'm kind of terrified, you know, reaching these moments where you're just like, I I don't, what does it even look like? I I mean, and realizing, okay, God's got it, but it's also a little scary. But there's a second piece to that is we've always felt that, and this is one way, but God is using our testimony and how is he going to use that to reach others and, you know, all, all of those kind of questions. And we just don't know the answer. So like how he's going to do it, yeah. but we're trying to be open to that. And I'm like sitting in this chair shaking right now, but it's, you know, it's just trying to be obedient to, because he gets the glory for all of this. That's I right. mean, we didn't do it. So. Yeah. So um, that's a major, major upheaval right. for, for you as well, Brenda. Yeah. I've been, a college basketball coach for 18 years, eight years here as the head coach. And really, you know, God was really gracious about how he was bringing me along to make this decision. It was not an overnight decision, you know, and he was changing my heart and we were really seeking the Lord after we knew he was accepted. Because if you would have told me this two years ago when yeah. we got married, I would have said, heck no, right. you know, this right. is, there's no way that I would give this up because of the control piece. Mm-hmm. And, and I love coaching. Yeah. I love the access that that gives me to the student athletes. I love competing. I mean, I love sports. I mean, there's yeah. so many blessings. And, and it doesn't hurt that you're really good at it. 
Well, thank right. you. Uh, sometimes. Depends on how you define that, by the way. But I, I really felt the nudging of the Spirit, and God made it perfectly clear for us. And, um, and so I don't know what I'm going to be doing next. I don't know if coaching will be a possibility. Obviously, if so, it'd be in a limited area there. Um, sure. And it was important to us that we do this together. A lot yeah. of people did ask, well, can Jeremy commute and right. you stay here in Asheville? And I think a lot of people would consider that, but we just did not feel that that was um, what was best for our marriage and, and also what was best, you know, for, for other people to see also. And so, yeah, a lot of changes. And so I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I am like Jeremy, a little bit of battling that fear of, okay, well, if it's not coaching, what is it? And mm-hmm. what does that look like? But I also know that the Lord's hand is on this. He's That's been right. very clear. And so I have a lot of confidence in that. And it's just day by day right now. So you're headed to Virginia Tech, right? Yes, Virginia Tech. Blacksburg. Blacksburg, Virginia. Yeah, I love it. And you move when? It looks like that, as best we can guess, it's going to be about the middle of July. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So we got a little bit of a little bit of time left with yeah. y'all. Mm. Oh, and Missy, like... We've been talking about, okay, what are the things we're going to miss from Asheville the most? And Missio is at the top of the list and the people here. So yeah. just oh, want you to know guys. that. I'm serious. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's true. I mean, this has been a huge part. Um, you talk about the transformative or the moments and the, yeah. there's been so many and the church family and the community. And yeah, that's, <laughs> you, you can't replace that. But, uh, you know, we're, we're excited. I mean, there's, there's a whole nother community up there. That's that, right. Has I mean, to tolerate after us. all, a, a nearby town is called Christiansburg, so maybe there's <laughs> Christians in the right. So we're we're excited, but also just appreciative yeah. of everything right, right. that uh, Missio has done wow. to support us. And I mean, for goodness' sakes, you married us. I sure did. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Got to see that first kiss mm-hmm. right up close. Mm. Yeah. Electric. It was. This is not a lie. This is not an exaggeration. And I'm sorry to everyone who is who else's wedding I've done. That was probably my favorite wedding experience, like being able to watch you guys, the joy in your eyes when you read each other letters and your kiss. It was, it was special, very special. Thank you. Well, I'm just blown away. And I mean, I've, I've heard this before, but I'm so thankful for you guys and your willingness to share what God has been up to in your lives and what he has done and is doing. I know it's going to be a gift to the people of Missio Day as well. So thank you very much. We got a little thing we call the lightning round. The lightning round. And so just a couple of quick fire questions for you. Okay, here's first. Favorite Asheville restaurant? Oh, mine is Vinny's okay. on Merriman. Yeah. The neighborhood group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Italian. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's where the lasagna came from. Yes. <laughs> yeah. and, well, or mine's not. not quite as good as that, but that is my favorite dish. That okay. would be my go-to order. All right. How about you, Jeremy? I, I would say I don't have a favorite restaurant, but favorites at restaurants. Uh, that's kind of my word. But I would pick Rocky's. Okay. And I, I pick the chicken tender there you plate go. with sweet potato casserole and coleslaw. And if you feel really like going for it, just get the little Mac poppers. Oh, Mac poppers. What hotness level is. Oh, very wimpy. So like <laughs> well, I would Rockies be. Rockies is severe. Oh yeah. I would be honey mild. That's as high as okay. I get. Yeah. Still hot. If you could time travel, when would you go? And you can add a where in there if you feel so led. There, there's so many interesting periods in history. I don't know that I would have wanted to live there, um, mm. but I would say probably the 1960s just to witness the civil rights movement. Oh. Um, I studied a lot of American history, and, and I'm most familiar for with that, but uh, Martin Luther King is somebody that I really studied a lot and have a great respect for, so I would mm-hmm. just love to be in his presence and, and witness some of the things that were going on, even though it was a very tumultuous time as oh, well. Yeah. I'd like to see, you know, the middle 1700s there where the Constitution was written. And because there are some amazing stories about God being involved in, in that whole oh, process yeah. and just li- watching people's journals and everything. But to see it like in action would be awesome. Mm-hmm. The next question is the last binge-worthy show and or book that y'all watched or read. Well, I, I don't know this is that there's enough episodes to binge watch, but I've been watching The Last Dance. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if anybody's familiar with that, but it's a documentary on Michael Jordan's Ooh. last season with the Bulls. Mm. And uh, it's, been awesome. it's fascinating. And then uh, a book I've been reading actually through Lead Lab here that I really have enjoyed is um, The Rest of God by Mark, Mark Buchanan, uh, because I'm terrible at I'm a terrible Sabbath 
mm-hmm. practitioner. Yeah. Yeah. Sabbath and rest and solitude are not my strengths, and so it's really speaking to me right now. The last book I would say was uh, Necessary Endings. That was the the one that kind of struck with me uh, that uh, John Parrish recommended, mm-hmm. um, and also one of those transformative moments. But I would say it would be a tie between Lost in Space on Netflix and Lock and Key. Like I, I like those kind of sci-fi kind of yeah. things. It's a good show. All right, last question. Favorite podcasts? I would definitely go with Molly Fletcher. You pro- guys probably don't know her. She's a former sports agent and a speaker now, and she has a podcast called Game Changers. Check nice. it out if you like. And she doesn't just interview sport leaders, you know, thought leaders, CEOs. Yeah. Enjoyed it. Sounds Very awesome. Cool. Yeah. I, I don't actually listen to podcasts, so let me just go ahead and say that. But on YouTube, if you go to like Number File or something like <laughs> yes. that, those are ah. fascinating. Yeah, Number File is the best. Brady Haran. They, they have a branch off called Computer File, which is also cool. Also love it. Yeah. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Me neither. Nerd stuff. Yep. All right. This has been an the amazing episode of the Vox Pop. Thanks for listening. If you haven't subscribed already, go ahead and do so. And we'll see you next week with another episode. Have a good one. <laughs>